Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell. Great to have you with us this weekend. And uh, this weekend, we're going to talk about a new book that is out. And I'm always excited to have this guy on because um, not only is he uh, an author, uh, but he is from Sykeston and lives in Sykeston and has been a big part of Sykeston. And that is Jeff Williams. And Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Glenn. So uh, here we are, an, uh, another book, and uh, just to kind of you know catch people up who may not know, but as I mentioned, you're from Sykeston, you're a part of Sykeston Public Schools for, gosh, a long time. Give some people a little more background about you. Yeah, uh, I've lived in Sykeston almost all my life, uh, went to school here, um, grew up in the area, uh, worked for Sykeston Public Schools for a long time, still do part-time. I retired a few years ago for, as, a, as a principal. I was a principal for 20 years uh, in the school system, retired, but I still work for, for the school for uh, a part-time basis. And I do some coaching uh, for the school system, junior high boys basketball coach. Uh, and I have a couple other uh, side jobs that I do. So I stay busy, uh, probably more than I want to, but also in my spare time, I still, uh, I still do some writing. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's been a while since the first book came out. Um, but you kind of got some inspiration to just keep writing and then to publish your first book. Yeah, it was, uh, about six years ago, I wrote my first book, uh, Dark Justice, and since then I've I've published uh, seven other books. This latest one is number eight. So uh, it's just something that I enjoy doing. They're all short stories, so they are not novels or anything like that. No three hundred thousand words. <laughs> They're usually ten to twenty thousand word uh, short stories. Uh, just ideas that I come up with, and I just go from there. But still, I mean, eight books, short stories or not, that's that's a lot in six years. It is. Uh, and there are times where I have a couple of different things going on at the same time as far as, far, as, far as writing projects. Uh, and I'm not sure really how other professional authors do it. <laughs> but I just, whenever I get a thought in my head, I put it in the notes on my phone. And I have different... Uh, folders in my phone where I just kind of put these thoughts and these scenes and these ideas. And once I get to a, a place where I feel like I need to start typing and putting the story together, then uh, I take those ideas and just try to match them up somehow. So is it, uh, that's interesting. So you, you have all these different ideas, different plots, different characters, different whatever mm -hmm. that you just write down. And then at some point in time, you feel the need to start writing and you just kind of grab all those ideas and see which ones fit. That's right. Uh, I think I, I, I've told a lot of people this before. I don't consider myself really a, a writer, but more of a scene creator. And I come up with ideas for like scenes. And I, I just kind of create those scenes with the, with the ideas. I, I first start, let me back up. I first start off with the, uh, the statement, what if? And that, that kind of gets me started. What if, uh, what if there was a conspiracy to kill JFK? We'll just do this latest story that I wrote. 
and from there, I just a- ask the questions, the what and the when, the who, that, that type of thing. Kind of a lesson plan that a teacher goes through. <laughs> and then I just start creating these scenes with my crazy imagination. And then when I get to a certain point, I start typing and try to match the scenes together in, in order and then fill in the dialogue and the characters and that type of thing. <laughs> I got to tell you, I just had something pop in my mind as you were explaining all of that, but I don't know if you've read or seen uh, Pelican Brief, um, which is a synopsis that someone comes up with that hit a little too close to home and and was actually kind (laughs) of true. So uh, I guess be careful, Jeff, as you write all these (laughs) ideas down. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Uh, I think it was Denzel Washington and and, Julia uh, Roberts. Julia Roberts, a good thing of a female actress. Yeah. I've seen that. Was that John Grisham? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. 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 So I'm just saying, just be, you know, a little careful about the uh, the what if uh, that you put out there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so as you take all these ideas and you start formulating the story, what is it that you're looking for as far as the things that match? Is it is it time, place, people? Like, what are you looking for? Uh, all of it, really. Uh, I think I'm more interested in the characters. Whenever I read a, uh, a book or watch a movie, uh, I always, I'm interested in the characters and their backgrounds, uh, what, what forms that character. So I think that's the main emphasis that I have when I'm writing these stories. I want the reader to, uh, understand who the character is, uh, what, what makes them that person, what makes them unique. So I think that's my main, my main emphasis. Uh, I'm not a person who writes a lot of fluff uh, that I want the reader to, to be entertained and to, uh, I want it to go quickly. I want it to be something they don't want to put down. And within an hour, they have read this, the entire story and they, they feel good about it. Yeah, and I, I was curious too because I know in this latest book, um, you know, it's a it's it's kind of a, a twist on on JFK. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, is there a great amount of research that goes into that? Because I would think timelines or uh, if you use actual people, that sort of thing, you'd have to you'd have to have that kind of knowledge. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I don't want to uh, make a mistake, so I do uh, quite a bit of research. Uh, when I'm writing a story, and this latest one, it's it's a historical uh, story with my own little twist. I used I use real characters along with a few characters that I created. But you want your research to be accurate. You want to uh, want the facts to be accurate in hi- historical aspect. Uh, so with this latest one, uh, I did. I'm a big fan of history anyway, so I enjoyed looking up, okay, the the details behind the Bay of Pigs or uh, the details uh, in the background surrounding uh, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, those type of things. I, I want it to be as accurate as possible, not to say that there might not be a mistake somewhere, but, and that has happened. But I, I do want the reader to to be uh, well informed when they they read something of mine. And as you're doing that research and you're and you're planning out your story and beginning to type and, and that sort of thing, are you also looking for little things within those historical true details that can help 
you with backing up the plot to your fictional story? Yes. And what I like to do is to take the reality and mix in my own uh, fictional aspect to it. Uh, I know there there are some authors who do that, and and I've watched a few movies that that do that, and those really kind of interest me in some way. Uh, So, yeah, when when I'm doing that, and I'll just use this last story uh, that I wrote, 22 November, uh, when the conspirators get together, it's a room full of actual people, and I had to do some background on some of these these people, but I also included some characters that I created to uh, build into the story that I was trying to uh, trying to write. Because I would think that would be, I I, I don't know. It, is it the is it is it the bigger part of writing the book that that uh, research that you have to do to to make sure that you're accurate and that it all fits together? It's a big part of it. Uh, I don't know how much time that I I spend researching. Like I said, when I put these uh, ideas into my phone, into the notes, I might say, okay, let's let's read a little bit about this idea, and I might look something up and just to give myself a little bit more background on that topic to, uh, to include in my notes before I actually uh, write about it. Yeah. So when you are in the process of, of writing, um, does it flow pretty easy? Like once you have the plot and once you have details, like, you know, when you're taught in school to write, you make an outline and you do mm-hmm. all this stuff. Is that kind of what you do or is it pretty much just free flow and just see where it takes you? Uh, it varies. There are times where it feels like it comes really easy and then I will write a lot. But then there's other times uh, – nothing nothing's coming out <laughs> and but for me is it's just a hobby it's not something that it's not my livelihood like some of these really well known known authors so if it's if i don't feel the urge to write i don't do it i might put it down for i might not look at it for a week or two i, I don't want it to be a, a a chore in any way i just want it to be something that's fun so when those juices are flowing, I just try to do as much as possible. But if if they are not, then I just kind of put it down and not think about it. Do you ever get to the point where you're writing and you, you stop and you go, man, maybe that's too much detail or maybe I put too much in that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good question because for myself, I'm, I'm reading something. I don't want to read something with a lot of detail because that's, to me, it's boring. And uh, I, I don't want to bore anyone that reads my stuff. I just want them to kind of get uh, enough information, but not too much. Yeah, I, I got to think there's got to be <clears throat> quite the daunting task because I, 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 I assume that you write it and then you read it and then edit it yourself before you send it out. I well, I I write it and I kind of edit as I go along, but not a lot. Uh, I heard an author one time say, you really shouldn't edit until the very end. Just put it all down first. And I do that somewhat, and I get to the end, and I'll go back and maybe change a few things here and there. But the the final editing, I have a, a gentleman here in town, here in Sykeston, who 
is really, really good at reading my stuff and then giving me feedback and uh, showing all my mistakes. <laughs> he has a he has an uncanny knack for finding things that it, it's really it's just a, a gift that he has, and he's an avid reader. So, anytime he does read some of that stuff, some of my stuff, he he looks at. I give him a hard copy, print it all out, and. He, he will circle things and make notes, and he gives it back to me, and I just go from there. And uh, it's amazing how many times I can read through things and not see it. Uh, but uh, he can read through it, and he finds it. He finds the mistakes, and he's really good at giving me feedback. So then we, we just go from there. We all need those proofreaders in our life, don't we? Exactly. Exactly. I should have asked beforehand, is it 22nd November or 22 November? Uh, either way, <laughs> I, I say, I say 22 November. Yeah. I mean, everyone's different on how they, how they do the dates. Tell us about how yeah. you came up with this idea. Well, uh, I've always been fascinated with, with his, with history in general. I was a history teacher for 10 years, but going way back before that, uh, my mom, I, I was born four years after the Kennedy assassination. But my mom kept a scrapbook of those events that happened, uh, of course, that, that day when Kennedy was assassinated, but also the other events surrounding that weekend and the things that happened afterwards. So I think I was around the age of 10 when she showed me that scrapbook one day, and I was just fascinated by it, uh, reading about the assassination and uh, – Oswald and Ruby and Johnson, all the other uh, people associated with with those events. Uh, then I started reading about about it, uh, watching documentaries. Uh, of course, going through high school, history teacher with Mr. Depro here in Sykeston, a uh, very well known uh, teacher in our school system. He was very open minded. He gave us the facts of of the uh, Kennedy assassination, but also encouraged us to have an open mind about maybe uh, some of the conspiracy theories. Uh, fast forward uh, several years later, uh, I, I read several books. Uh, and then just recently, uh, we went to Dallas. Uh, it's the second time I'd been there uh, to Daly Plaza where the assassination took place. But this time I thought, going to really uh, get into this and and try to learn as much as possible. This was back in early fall, maybe September. So we we visited the Sixth Floor Museum, uh, the Texas School Book Depository uh, building, visited Daly Plaza, talked to a, a couple of the gentlemen, one being Robert Groden, who uh, – who's probably investigated the assassination more than any other human in history, uh, who was very, uh, very well known in the 70s as far as getting Congress to reinvestigate uh, the assassination. Of course, the Warren Commission gave their findings shortly after the assassination, but Congress did uh, reop reopen the investigation in the late 70s, and this Robert Groden was – was a big part of that. He was actually the one who uh, released the Zapruder film, uh, the Abe Zapruder film, uh, to the public in 1975. He worked for Time Life magazine. 
So uh, very influential person to uh, to get it reinvestigated. And of course, those findings in the late 70s by the Congress congressional hearings were that Oswald did not act alone, that um, more than likely there was more than one shooter and that um, that they believed Congress at that time uh, believed that it was a conspiracy of some sort. Of course, they didn't go into detail of who was behind the conspiracy. So again, that's maybe more information than you wanted, but that's kind of what led me to writing this and, and uh, I just took it from there. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. You know, the Kennedy assassination, um, you know, with the Lincoln assassination, we know pretty much everything. We know who all the players were. We knew how it took place and that sort of thing. And there's maybe a little conspiracy there. But with the Kennedy assassination, there is tons of conspiracy theories out there considering what happened and who was involved and was the government involved and, and that sort of thing. So it's a great subject to really write about or talk about or do a film on because there's just so many theories out there. Exactly. And there have been, you know, probably a thousand or more books written about the assassination, all kinds of conspiracies, all kinds of movies uh, have and documentaries have been uh, produced uh, over the years regarding the assassination. So all types of information out there uh, probably been investigated more than any historical event, you know, in the history of mankind. Uh, definitely one of the most talked about in, of, uh, in history. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. So how would you compare this book, this book with your past books? What's, you know, besides the, the story, the plot, is there anything different that people will see in this one compared to what you've written about in the past? Um, it's a great question. I would say this book is very similar as far as the setup because I try to uh, provide a lot of background information and in as far as like characters uh, might have a little bit of dialogue and then I might go into, okay, a little bit of background regarding that character or what set up the dialogue. So similar format. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the way I know how to write. <laughs> so that's comfortable <laughs> for me. Uh, so if you read this, it's, it's going to be, similar in style to to some of the other things I, that I have written. For you personally, because, you know, the Kennedy assassination, everything that, that came with it, a big historical event, all the things that you heard growing up, you know, whether it be your parents or your teacher or the things that you mm -hmm. read in, in school and college or, or what have you, was this a, a little more enjoyable with, for you in, in that regard because of this big historical event? Exactly. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. I I uh, liked doing it. It was it was just a lot of fun, especially just putting my own little twist. You know, personally, I I do believe it was a conspiracy of some sort. So that's the question I asked myself. Okay, if I believe that this was a conspiracy, that JFK assassination was a conspiracy, so so what, how did it take place? So I asked that what if question. What if JFK assassination was a conspiracy? How did it happen? Who was involved? Uh, who planned it, all those questions. And so I just had a lot of fun with it, taking uh, actual events, actual facts, but putting my own little twist on it. See, what we need to do now, Jeff, is we need to send a copy to Oliver Stone. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. He, he might make a movie out of it. 
Yeah, well, you know, I, I've watched the movie JFK before. I remember going to the theater when it came out. I think it was the early 90s. And watching it at that time, I thought, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> but there are some scenes that I have gone back and watched and thought, that was really well done. And, you know, that could have happened that way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think yeah, the interesting I, thing about the Kennedy assassination is the what little information that we actually know about who was involved and what all took place. And I think that's left it open to people to come up with their own theories as to what happened. Yeah. And, you know, not all the evidence has ever been released. There's over 4,000, you know, some of, some of this I've discovered through the research that I did. There's over 4,000 pieces of documentation that have not been released to the, to the uh, public yet. Wow. And w with each administration, I should, I should back up. I think it was in 95 or 6. I'm not, I might be off in my years. But uh, at that time, Congress wanted to release all the information that they had regarding the Kennedy assassination. And, but it's up to the president, the administration, to release that information. I don't know why it's in the hands of the president. But each administration has promised to release it, but they have not. And over over time, a little bit has been released at each administration. But still, there's over 4,000 pages of documentation that are hidden from from. You know, the public, even though it's been over 60 years. <laughs> so, you know, and it is interesting. I think everyone thought Trump was going to let it fly, and he still didn't. Yeah. So it makes you wonder what's in the evidence. What's hey, in the evidence, yeah. Jeff, hey, listen, we appreciate you coming on the show, but I want to make sure people know how can they get a copy of the book. It's on Amazon. Uh, if, you, if, you are an, if you are an e-reader, it's on uh, Kindle that you can uh, purchase that way. I know several people have done that, but you can also purchase a paperback copy and it's all through Amazon, Amazon books. Uh, you can just go Amazon books, uh, 22 November or Amazon books, Jeff Williams, and it will pop up. All right, Jeff, thanks a lot for coming on the show again. We appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Jeff Williams, author of 22 November. Go check it out on Amazon. Thanks for joining us on the Talk of Sykeston. Have a great weekend. I'm Glenn Cantrell.